In this week's news, Samsung upcycles used Galaxy S5s to serve as a Bitcoin mining rig. Microsoft's foldable device may be back on the cards with a focus on note taking. And HTC's U11 Live surfaces and it may come in a translucent finish. All this and more on this week's episode of Bandwidth Blog on Air. Welcome to episode 96. Welcome to Bandwidth Blog on Air, the weekly podcast of bandwidthblog.com. Dennis, let's dive straight in. Cryptocurrency is obviously a, a major buzzword. Specifically, we've been covering a lot of Bitcoin news on Bandwidth Blog just recently. And something caught my eye, which I think is innovative in two very different senses. That's the news that Samsung has managed to successfully upcycle, their words for recycle, uh, a series of some 40 Galaxy S5s into a Bitcoin mining rig. Now, when I first heard this development off the site, I think my private message to you was uh, something along the lines of that phone you hate is now useful. What are your thoughts on this development? And speaking more broadly, what are your feelings about recycling these kinds of devices into different forms of consumer technology? Well, first of all, yes, I still hate the device. I think it's horrible. I mean, it is an interesting concept. I mean, for me, it kind of sounds like a marketing spin on something that might gain traction sometime soon. I can't imagine, though, that, you know, the processing power in phones are nowhere near what they are in desktops. And yes, they're getting more and more powerful by the day. But, I mean, the Galaxy S5, when was that? That was, what, three years ago in 2014? Would that have enough grunt to, to do some proper Bitcoin mining? I'm not 100% sure it would. Um, but, but to your point, I think the fact that they want to try and recycle these parts actually shows that, yes, they are thinking about the future. And, you know, electronics is probably one of our bi- biggest waste products. True. I, I think tapping into Bitcoin or establishing a Bitcoin or establishing a Bitcoin mining rig kind of taps into the zeitgeist. And I would agree with you. I do think it's quite a savvy uh, marketing move. I wouldn't imagine that these devices carry significant power even when all coupled together. So I doubt that this is going to be either a very successful Bitcoin mining rig or a very successful rig for a long time. However, I do really like the idea fundamentally of reusing the uh, components and precious metals found in our everyday devices in meaningful ways. And of course, maybe only developing a Bitcoin mining rig is one such example. Another very interesting case study out of Japan for the forthcoming Tokyo Olympics is that the nation plans to reuse the copper and gold found in waste disposal from smartphones and other electronics to forge into Olympic medals. Now, I think that really speaks to a way we could seriously consider reinvesting what we use and discard in our technology into perhaps more meaningful adventures or or products. I think the one example I I said to you, which just somehow navigated its way into my imagination, was imagine if you could turn your old iPhone with Touch ID, for example, into a state-of-the-art door lock. I think that could be quite meaningful for a lot of people around the world. I agree. It it would be a great addition to you know any any kind of smart home setup the question once again comes back to what that platform will look like so so essentially in my mind it would need to be some kind of cohesive platform where yes it would be very simple and easy to use and also it would kind of need a plug and play functionality where we've seen in the past that it's you know regardless of what software you're using or or what exact 
a device you're using, you can plug and play and it can, uh, whatever accessory you're, you're actually busy with, it, it could work across the board. And I think that's where the, where the crux of the matter is. If they can do that, that would be awesome. I mean, imagine taking your old Galaxy S5 and, and either using it for a, for a Bitcoin mining rig where it might not be super successful or pushing it into a Raspberry Pi kind of situation where you, you, you could use it as your kind of a, a central hub in your home where you could actually use that processing power to, to look at either smart home stuff like you have with Nest or um, as you rightly said with alarm systems or even something where you can just stream content from uh, dire directly through your through your TV. I think that's kind of where this where this is really exciting for me. Precisely, and I think the irony is, in fact, you know, Samsung's Creative Lab have sort of created this upcycling initiative as a as a way to rebrand and reuse, and of course, increase the value of their older smartphones. Uh, the irony, of course, to me is that you know Samsung's flagships over the years have used varying components and we're not even touching on the budget to mid-range models we've seen since perhaps 2012 or so whereas the likes of apple has been far more consistent in its use of materials and other component parts and the irony is perhaps apple might be better placed to do and undertake this sort of initiative than samsung but i think at the end of the day kudos to samsung for at least considering this as an avenue and reinvesting in a sense in its old technology, I think that this could be a major leap forward for how other manufacturers treat their component parts and waste disposal in the years to come. So let's swiftly move on from Samsung into another one of the big giants, and we're talking about Microsoft. And just as we have done with Samsung for the last couple of years, we've been touting the fact that we will eventually get a foldable Samsung device. But we're talking about a Microsoft foldable device, and we've got some new news um, about a foldable Microsoft device that, that will actually be a thing relatively soon. And apparently it won't be the same kind of thing we're, we're looking at when we think about the Samsung foldable device, but it, it, it still looks to be super useful and might actually be a product that we want to use eventually. Well, can we call this uh, Schrodinger's uh, Microsoft foldable <laughs> device? Because in one sense it surprises me and in the other it doesn't entirely. When we heard the news that Windows 10 Mobile was dead, I firmly thought this, that we'd never see this idea again, and it seemed that Microsoft had, uh, for want of a better word, folded its all its uh, Surface Phone, Surface Mobile plans. However, it seems that this product is now seeing a resurgence, and perhaps what most excites me is the fact that it seems to be hew close to the Surface models that we've seen previously. We know Microsoft is quite bullish on the Surface Pen that ships with the Surface Laptop, Surface Pro and other Surface products and it's interesting to me that Microsoft is willing to take as far a, a dive into the future as to produce a foldable device. It seems to me that Microsoft are really trying to reposition themselves as the go-to for creatives and maybe steal some of Apple's thunder in this regard. What are your thoughts? I don't know. I think it's an interesting space to be in right now. I'm not sure... Well, none of us are sure actually what the foldable space is going to look like in 6, 12, even 24, 36 months. I mean, whether or not this is going to be a device, whether it be from Samsung or Microsoft or any other player in the market that actually entices people to buy it is, 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 is in it of itself. It's going to be a very interesting question to try to answer. Um, I would love to see this kind of device actually taking off and being something that us as consumers, especially us 
uh, techie nerds would love to see this kind of thing actually take off because as we've said countless times before on the show you know the the more competition there is and the more options there are for different consumers the better it is for consumers and and hopefully the the lower that'll price um, any kind of device going forward i mean let's discount the iphone 10 right now because that's just insane the price tag but 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 you understand what i'm saying in principle you know if these if these devices are going to be a thing we would hope that more than one company would actually make them and then obviously make it more enticing for different consumers and different kinds of ecosystems. I'm super excited. I, I don't know how Microsoft is going to play this, though, because as you rightly said, with, Mino, with Windows Mobile being a, a kind of a, a stillborn at this time, uh, you know, wh where do we go from there? And, and how do they actually take their software platform and make this a device that we would actually want to use? Well, it seems to me that the idea in Genesis is there to have a foldable device, but it seems that everyone doesn't quite know where to take this. For example, uh, Sam, the rumors we've heard from Samsung's camp indicate that the company would rather look at developing a mobile device, which makes sense considering the breadth of their mobile phone portfolio and obviously the success of recent Galaxy phones with the Infinity display. Whereas Microsoft's strategy seems to focus more on where they've seen success with the Surface line. Now, obviously that speaks to the strategy of both companies, but for the end product, for the end concept of having a foldable device, I'm not entirely sure what that means. Because up until now, we've seen devices that have floated with styluses or e-ink displays, but I don't think we've ever seen anything come close to a, a foldable folio or something close to the, the courier device that was leaked out of Microsoft's uh, departments a couple of years ago. And it interests me that perhaps some companies are attempting to bridge the uh, the portfolio stylus foldable device uh, realm closer to the conventional kind of electronics we're used to whereas others seem to be taking closer inspiration from everyday objects like you know books or notepads now brian it's it seems like it's been a while actually since we've spoken about uh, uh, new devices because you know this is kind of the silly season where either we're getting all of the news from the Googles and the Apples of the world uh, but until early next year we're probably not going to see anything massively exciting in terms of new devices until we get to the C Consumer Electronics Show at the beginning of uh, beginning of 2018 but we do have some news from HTC and the U11 has a new sibling Indeed, and I, I, as you say, you know, HTC is a company that kind of I have a soft spot for because it's the company that just refuses to give up. It's seen declining sales for who knows how long at this point. Google snapped up the better part of it, but still they continue onward, and I think at least that deserves some respect and admiration. Uh, but I think this new effort may have something going for it in the form of the U11 Life, which is a sort of a sibling device to the flagship U11. And where the U11 is premium, the U11 Life is an Android One handset, so it's going to be a budget mid-range contender. Uh, the remarkable thing about it, according to leaks at present, is that it will ship with a translucent rear panel, so we may be able to see some of the workings of the phone, which I think will either be ridiculously cool or really ugly. We'll have to wait to see which. But my thoughts on this at present is that I'm glad to see HTC focusing 
on, on bringing quality to the mid-range if all leaks are true. If we can actually call this mid-range, if it's going to be an Android One device, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see where where HTC actually wants to pivot this uh, this device. Is it going to be in those traditional developing markets, or are they actually going to use it as a mid-tier contender to the likes of you know LG, um, uh, LG and Samsung's mid-tier devices? That'll be very interesting to see. For me, I mean, I think it's a great design. Uh, it's one of those things that, for some reason, um, it, HTC just go hand in hand with good design. And even their, their lower tier, mid tier devices look really good to me. And I'd love to see how they actually position this device. And more importantly, will we ever see it in South Africa? Well, that's the million dollar question, of course. But I feel that a product like the U11 Life if it is going to be beneath the mid-range and running Android One, might actually be a very natural avenue for HTC to return to South Africa. And I think it's one that might resonate very well with South African consumers because, as you say, it's HTC devices and design just seems to have a good connotation of quality. Even as one of our favorite YouTubers, uh, MKBHD, said of the U Ultra, it had a poor use of internal space. I still think the phones look pretty, they look attractive, and that's, I think, a very important thing coming to market. Uh, of course, again, just to revisit on that on that rear panel, it seems like HTC are experimenting with something new here. And my only hope is that it's not fully transparent, but rather it's just translucent or uses a depth effect, maybe just to show off a little bit of the hardware under the bonnet. I think that could be really exciting and meaningful and perhaps akin to what we first felt when the LG G4 brought with it a leather back to the market and sort of made that a mainstay. So, so what do you actually think that we would fine in this device other than obviously the the kind of the the tuned down version of the flagship i mean do you think that this and and, and we've often spoken about this the fact that um you know cheaper phones are getting better and great phones are getting cheaper but it that doesn't seem to be the case as much in the in the latter part of 2017 do you think that this device will be able to hold its own in terms of all of the basics we would really need and and we often cite camera as being the one part that really takes a huge hit when you when you you, you tune down the price Ooh, that I'm really not sure about I mean the indications are that this will have a 2600 milliampere hour battery which really is not that exciting from a technical perspective and I wouldn't expect this device to have substantial battery life that being said, I do think it brings with it at least some interesting features, which if brought to the mid-range might be a big shake-up. The first is obviously packing an edge sense, which is the feature on the U11, which you can uh, squeeze the phone to trigger various actions, bringing that to the mid-range, I think is a big selling point. And lastly, obviously having Amazon's Alexa on board might well be a coup de grace for a lot of South African consumers who can't get on board Amazon's ecosystem as easily as maybe Google's. Uh, of course, maybe just, you know, just a, a last sort of thing in the box to touch on is, of course, that the handset is expected to ship with HTC's Usonic earbuds. So it would seem that this, at, at the basic or maybe at, at the top level, might be a really intriguing buy. But as you say, unless we have solid indications that this phone will be able to perform equitably, I still don't know if it'll be exactly the right fit for the South African market. But I'm going to remain cautiously optimistic. Thanks very much for joining us on this week's episode of Bandwidth Blog on Air. Be sure to come back next week for episode 97 of Bandwidth Blog on Air.
You've been listening to Bandwidth Blog on Air, the weekly podcast of bandwidthblog.com.